I don't do the most, but I do a lot I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive No big, I feel like Pac I shoot the shot I'm coming in hot Coming in, Coming in hot, just like the fajita. Like the fajita. I write what I, live. write what I live, my life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow, nice with the just like the demeanor. Like the demeanor. I'm feeding my fam, I'm feeding the meter. Uh, they got the iron while I got the steamer. I bring the fire, but you never seen her. I testify, I don't need a subpoena. They want my soul better go to Korea. I love my dog just like I'm Peter. Gotta protect them. I made the call up, but just like I'm rapping. I know we left here, now we back together, but I guess that is better now. Later than never, like, uh, what's happening? I'ma need y'all quit asking when Me and my wife gon' have some kids Right now we just practicing Practicing Teacher said quit rapping, man That gon' hurt my average I said thank God I ain't average Yeah, I'm a bright young man Kill the GPA And the BPM Look, we on Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, welcome to uh, another episode of Ice Cold Facts. It's been a minute, uh, but I'm trying to get more consistent. Uh, today, we're going to do things a little different. Uh, instead of me actually talking and interviewing, I got my boy Dominic Martin, uh, childhood friend, basically. Uh, known him since high school. Uh, reconnected with him a lot more in adult, adult life. Um, so I'm going to actually kick it off to him. He's going to flip it. He's going to actually be interviewing me, asking me questions. That way, you guys can learn more about me. So. Dominic, man, go ahead, take it off. All right, thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it, man. Um, so let me get it started off right. Um, first question is, when did you first fall in love with the game of basketball? Uh, I mean, so I basically, I fell in love with the game. I was probably at least, I would say three or four. Um, you know, and that, that does sound cliche. You know, a lot of people always say, man, I've been playing since, since I was one or two, you know, but realistically... Right. You know, I fell in love with the game. I was about three or four. Uh, growing up, my uncle played, you know, uh, basketball. He played in high school at Beaumont. Um, he played over at Umsel. So I was going to, to Umsel games as well. But, you know, it was something – it was an avenue for my mom to just be able to put me into something that was going to keep me going, keep me out of trouble, you know, and actually teach me teach me destruction and everything as well. Um, you know, growing up in a single – parent household, you know, she had to find those, those different avenues that could keep me busy, but also it could assist her with, you know, basically raising me. So, um, started about three or four, always had a ball in my hand. Um, I got pictures to prove it, you know, where I was that young, um, ball in hand and just over time, man, as a child, just being like a basketball junkie, you know, I, I remember, you know, watching like all-star games and then I would literally, you know, go outside and, I start doing moves that I saw in the All-Star game. Or, you know, I'm sure you remember uh, All-Star weekend used to be a real big thing, you know. So you had your you had your dunk contest and, you know, all that good stuff. And it was actually something to look forward to compared to now. It's, it's kind of washed up. But back then, man, it was – that was the thing, you know. So I was going out working on my three-point shot, you know, uh, and just, just basically being – a real student of the game at an early age. And I didn't realize, you know, the foundation it was actually setting and building for me for the future. That's what's up. That's cool. So when did you, so, okay. You, you fell in love around three or four. 
when did you actually start playing organized basketball? So I started, uh, I was six, um, okay. six going on seven uh, years old. Uh, started at the, the Emerson YMCA right there on West Florissant. Um, yep. North County. I, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm a North County boy. Really, Walnut Park, but North County as well. But um, I don't know how I actually even got started in it. Just something my mom put me in. Uh, and you know, I got pictures to prove that as well. But uh, there was, I mean, for me, that was, that was a crucial time. I actually remember playing up there, playing games, you know, getting your little snack, your Capri Sun and, uh, you know, a little bag of chips after the game. And so, Right. That was just something to look forward to, you know, every weekend, you knew you had a game, you know, so going through your week at school, you know, you looked forward to the weekend uh, because like I said, I knew I had a game coming up. I knew I was going to get at the end, I was going to get the little juice, the little juice bottle, you know, and some and, and cookies or cheese its or whatever. So, I mean, it just gave me something to look forward to, but again, that was setting like the foundation, you know, all I look at, look at it all as, um, you know, building blocks. You know, so I started just being immersed with the game, started playing about six. Um, and those were, like I said, just that was the foundational level for me. So um, I had a coach, Coach Livingston. He was a pretty cool guy. Uh, one of his sons actually went to my elementary school as well. So I actually knew his son, Lamont Livingston. Uh, but, yeah, man, it just taught me that structure. You know, he was a no-nonsense guy. I remember practices being very – very strict so you know as a child that's that's what you need you need that structure so you know again just another building block that's what's up so i'm assuming you play for your uh like elementary and middle school like what like what school district did you play in or school district so i grew up i grew up going to st louis public schools uh went to all the montessori schools uh for basically pre-k or kindergarten through uh sixth grade Sixth grade is really, you know, we had middle school ball. Then I played at, a, I went to Compton Drew. Okay. Uh, I, so know yeah, yeah. I, know I went that. to Compton Drew right there by the Science Center, uh, St. Louis yeah. Science Center. Uh, got Mr. Jones, Tyrone Jones. I think he did some stuff at Gateway and I think he's still yeah, he in did. the in the PHL system. So uh, he was real integral as well because in, high, uh, in middle school, he had like a little after school league for us. Um, so it gave us another outlet to basically just play. You know, we would play around, uh, go to Car Lane and like some of the other middle schools get to play them. And, you know, for me, he would give out little medals and everything. So he was giving out accolades and it gave me something to shoot for it um, because I ain't gonna lie, you know, in middle school, I felt like I was one of the best players in the school. Um, you know, so in gym and recess, you know, you get people challenging you all the time. So for me, to let me know, okay, like I got this target on my on my back, you know, because people they want to test me, you know. And then in middle school, I got to the point where I was dunking, so now okay. it became a real big thing, you know. Where right. it's like, okay, you know. So, so was, you like six, was you six foot in eighth grade? Were you six foot already? Uh, I may have been five, nine, maybe five, five ten, five eleven, give or take. Um, so I, I mean, I did have a little height on me, but you know, I just right. jumping. You know, jumping was something I always did, you know, just being outside on the regular courts, uh, right. being on my personal hoop at home. You know, I was always mm-hmm. like it was a goal of mine to dunk. So. Right. All right. So yeah. this is the big question. You know, in St. Louis, the number one question is, what high school did you go to? Like, I think I think we do that more so to see what kind of person you are. 
just to see what molded you? Because I mean, yeah. people don't care about nothing else but high school. You had your doctorate degree, yeah, abroad. All they want to know in St. Louis is what high school. <laughs> so I, I know, I know personally one high school you went to, but I know yeah. unfortunately you had to leave that high school and go to another one. Unfortunately, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, just tell, just tell us about the high schools you went to and your experience. You know, in high school playing basketball. Yeah. So uh, I started out. You know, when I I go back to middle school, my middle school was still, uh, it was relatively small. It wasn't a huge, huge middle school. Um, so I was used, all my life, used to small settings. Um, you know, 200 plus kids at the most, at the most, maybe 400. Um, so the middle school right. I went to at Compton Drew, I was scheduled to go to uh, Gateway, uh, another public high school. And, you know, I had three of my best friends, you know, at the time, they were all going to Cardinal Ritter. Um, and it just fell in line, you know, our parents talked. So, you know, with me, Alvin, uh, Mikey, which is his cousin, uh, you know, we were all close in middle school and our parents talked and it just made sense for us all to go to the same high school. Um, for me, it was more so staying alone in that same small setting. Um, so with gateway, I don't know what the population was. I'm sure it was a couple thousand. And for me, that's not something I would have been ready for. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and Cardinal Ritter just made sense as well, because like I said, I grew up in Walnut Park. I knew exactly where Cardinal Ritter was, familiar with the whole shebang. You know, I've been in there before. You know, I was going to games when uh, Gerald Witherspoon played for Cardinal Ritter, playing against Beaumont, playing against Byron Turner. So, uh, Brian Turner, sorry. So, uh, for me, it just made sense. You know, I, I went for my right. uh, for my initial meeting actually sat and talked to coach Thomas, um, you know, so he kind of gave me like my, uh, my interview, my entrance or admissions interview. Uh, so I got to sit down and talk to him. He, I mean, literally broke down school history. You know, of course I'm a basketball junkie. So he's talking about the basketball program. I'm like, man, this, it makes sense. You know, so started out going to Cardinal Ritter was there my first two years, freshman, sophomore year, uh, actually never played varsity. So that's, I don't know if a lot of people might not even know that, you know, I played, I suited up for varsity a few times, but I never, uh, and no, actually I take that back. I played in, uh, I think it was for third place. My freshman year, we made it down to state, made third place. Uh, we'll play for the third place game. I got in for a split second, uh, but I never, you know, played heavy minutes on varsity. I was always JV. Um, so right. I started out playing JV freshman year in my opinion, was killing it, um, okay. you know, and I was waiting for Coach Niels to, to give me that shot. Um, but it's also some – it was also on me as well. You know, I kind of – I didn't fully apply myself. That's one thing I wish I would have done is, uh, you know, just apply myself more um, okay. because especially at that time playing – really had a, a tough non-conference schedule. The, the conference schedule was – you know, it, it wasn't the best, man. It wasn't the best, so – uh, but you know, when you got to play in like that Normandy tournament and, and that, like I said, that outside schedule was a beast, you know? So, I, I, yeah, I believe they, they, they used to go to Centralia. Yeah. A Centralia, like around Thanksgiving. And then we would always be like in some little Marlowe King, they shoot out mm-hmm. Coca-Cola shoot out. So we always, you know, travel to this. Well, not, not necessarily travel to the meals, but I know we're pressing they did. Yeah. But, um, but we always just had, like you said, competitive outside schedule. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought I did enough to, to at least, like I said, get a varsity spot. And the going into the, my sophomore year, I just knew 
I knew I was getting a varsity spot. You know, I was doing things with the team throughout the summer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm honestly not even sure what happened. I don't, I mean, as far as I know, me and Neil's had a good relationship. So, you know, why, why I never got that shot at varsity. Like I said, pr- some of it's self-predicated. Um, right. You know, it's things I could have done differently as well. Um, but it got to the point. So going into my end of my sophomore year, you know, I knew at that point I was going to be transferring. Um, my mom had already said, this year, last year, you know, she didn't like the uh, really the structure of the school and the teaching, you know. So she's like, in her mind, her philosophy, if I'm paying, I need you to be getting more than what you're getting. Um, so I was like, OK, cool. No problem. So I worked that whole summer. My sophomore year, I worked, saved up money. You know, I'm like, I'll pay my own tuition and I'm working, working my butt off. My mom likes you can work all you want, but you're still not going back. So it's like. At that point, you know, I just had to accept the fact that I'm leaving, uh, had to prep my mind and uh, ended up transferring to McClure High School, uh, which turned out really to be a blessing in disguise. So uh, I get to McClure from day one, you know, I'm on varsity. Uh, Shout out to Coach Kurt Jacob because he actually fought for me. The state, uh, they wanted me to sit out a year because of transfer rules. So they were trying to say I transferred because of sports, it, you know, related things. So the rule would have been I had to sit out a year, uh, right. a full full year. So I wouldn't have been able to play until senior year. But, you know, Coach Jacob, man, he he looked out for me, drove to Jeff City, met with okay. the state officials for me. Um, and then it yeah, got to yeah. the point. Yeah, man, that, that, that let me know what kind of guy he was. So then it yeah. got to the point where they said, hey, you just got to sit out until Christmas break. Uh, well, right leading up to Christmas break, sit out a few games, you know, by by the time Christmas break comes, you're good. And that's when it all clicked for me. We had a Rolla tournament. Um, and, you know, I just I got my shot, man. I got my shot in that Rolla tournament. And from there, I came off the bench and we got back, you know, at the Christmas break and I was starting. You know, so from there, man, I played a huge, a huge piece, I would say, in our state, uh, our team. We are one game away from state. You know, we lost to Poplar Bluff in quarterfinals uh, over at Umsu. But, I mean, that team was – that was like the best team, or one of the best teams I ever played with. You know, we had Grant Agbo, uh, Mike Strobe, uh, John Davis was our point guard. Many people don't know about him. He was – A light-skinned, light-skinned, stocky cat. Yep. And he yep. a pure I, – I, you know what? I noticed, like, little things. Yeah. I played with him. <laughs> I played with him because, like, Grant used to open up McClure. This was about mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And – and he was playing point. I was like, this dude is a pure old school point guard. Like he yep. stays low as heck to the ground. He's looking every time he's dribbling, he's surveying the whole time. Yeah. Like he a pure quintessential Webster's dictionary point guard. Like he's yep. just like to the T, like to the point I'm looking at him like, dang, like this dude a straight point point guard. Like, yeah, he, he was like, nice. He, he was solid. He looked to, I mean, he looked to pass first. I kind of compare him to like how, how Yuri plays, Yuri Collins plays, you know, where it's like more so pass first. If I got to go score, if I got to get a shot up, I'll take it, but I'm not looking right. to actually do that. So he was more mm-hmm. of a facilitator. Um, I was on the wing, you know, just slashing to the basket. Uh, right. Fast breaks, I'm looking to go just get out and open court. And, you know, that that's really what I predicated my game on, man, is getting out, getting them open leaks and, and getting those dunks. So, uh, senior year, man, it, it became my show. Uh, you know, we got Claggett as our coach for the uh, for the first year, and 
you know, the rest was kind of history from there. We had a solid, solid year uh, under Claggett, but it more so it taught me leadership, you know, because we lost seniors. So going into my senior year, you know, it was myself, Marvis Peebles, uh, Theo Ringo. We were kind of like the leaders of the team. And okay. it just taught me, it taught me leadership, you know, so it really set me up for, for like future success, just from a leadership standpoint, to be able to lead a group. Um, right. You know, I was getting double team a lot of the time, but still getting, okay. the, you know, still averaging, getting up almost over 20, uh, you know, and then again, things came so easy. I didn't really apply myself, you know, so it was, uh, there would be games, you know, where I just coast through. And then that light switch right. flick, you know, so there was a game where I just coasted through. I was just out there and we were losing. I think we were playing, uh, I think it was Fort Zumwalt South. We were in a, in a Lindenwood tournament and I just coasted the whole game, man. They, they little crowd was talking noise. Um, and then uh, third quarter, the light just, if it, it, it flicked for me, I think I had like 26 that third quarter, you know, so the talent, the skills were there. The mindset, work ethic, I would say wasn't there. Okay. But yeah, I had a had a decent little journey through high school. You know, like I said, starting out at Cardinal Ritter taught me things, uh, you know, about the game, working with like action, learning under Neils, uh, kind of indirectly. I still learned a lot. Um, and then I get that's, some that's, McClure. That's and, and, yeah, a lot of people shout out to action, man. Action was yeah. Yeah. action had a lot of humor to him. But he still yeah, he's, knew he's what he funny. was talking about. He, he, yeah. He, he, he one of them guys where you just call like one of a kind because ain't, ain't nobody in the world like action. Like it's just, I've never it's met action. another action. Yep. No, I, I actually saw him at the girls' partner game on Thursday. And he okay. got a son, man, that's probably about 10 now. And he's going to be really good. He wanted me to get him in the Fu- game. Funny thing about his son, man. We, uh, so my wife and I, we coached Redbird rookies. Uh, okay. Just something to do. You know, we were coaching the T the ball, one of the T ball teams. And, mm. This kid came one week. And I'm like, okay, this kid kind of, you know, got a little athleticism to him, got a little talent. The following week, action comes up there. And I'm like, man, what you doing up here? He's like, yeah, that's my son. Uh, I'm like, man, you (laughs) You see, you seen his hands? You seen his son's hands? He got real big hands. Yeah, I haven't seen his son lately. It's been he got like even when he was at least four four years. Man, like. I don't know because the coach of me, but he's like four and five. He had really big hands. Like, yeah. Like, you can tell he's going to be like tall and like an athlete. So, yeah, yeah. He should, he should probably get about action height, maybe a little bit under. Yeah. Cause action, right. I mean, action, not really a short guy either. So, no, I think what he about six, four, six, five. Something? Yeah, he about six, four, six, five. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, next question is what, where did you play your college ball at? So, with, uh, with college, man, I uh, was a mama's boy. Um, at the time. So, you know, I felt the need like, okay, no dad in the house. You know, I, I had younger siblings. So I felt the need to, you know, carry the carry the burden, man. And so I decided to to stay home. Um, I was getting a, a lot of offers, a lot of offers from uh, Missouri Valley Conference schools. So like your Indiana States, uh, a little noise from Carbondale here and there. Um, honestly, I thought SIUE was going to be like my you know, I thought that was going to be my, my landing spot, you know, um, and I was content with going there because it was still close to home, but I could actually get away, still stay on campus. Right. Um, but then uh, with Claggett, having Coach Claggett as my coach, he had a good relationship with Corey Tate. 
Uh, and Corey Taylor at the time was the coach over at Mineral Area. So Claggett, yeah, Claggett connected that for me. And Corey Taylor, man, he picked me up from the house one day, drove me down to Mineral Area, showed me around campus, showed me the, the dorms and everything, uh, gave me the history, you know, in the school. And, you know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of people know, but Hoop Dreams, you know, was based on guys, you know, right over at Mineral Area. And they had a track mm-hmm. record of, Sending guys D1, you know, hey, stay your two years, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get you D1 ready. So that's honestly where I thought I was gonna go, but for whatever reason, uh, I ended up going to Flow Valley. Um, mm. you know, so I played there my first year under Coach Graham, Larry Graham. Uh, rest in peace to him. He passed away, I think, late last year. Oh. Um, so yeah, but he was a he was a legend, man, which I learned a lot about him that I didn't even know he was a, a piece of, you know, so he's got a really good back, really good background um, and history like that, that follows him. Um, so I, I learned a lot from him, but overall I knew I shouldn't have been at Flow Valley. Um, so my goal was to honestly get out of there, you know, my second year, but my second year going into that sophomore year at Flow Valley, just, we got a new coach things weren't the same. And we actually, we went to a, a, a prison and we played like inmates. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So I guess it was designed to get us tough or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, like, that's, that's, that's wild. Looking back on it, man, we, we straight went to a prison and played inmates. It was the most bizarre thing from us just being in there yeah. to playing these guys that's, in there for I don't know what murder right. whatever the case is and then you got guys along the sideline braiding hair and I'm like man what is going on man was it in Missouri uh I can't remember if it was in Missouri or on the little outskirts of Illinois man that's crazy but yeah we had to go in man we got we had to get patted down and everything and at the time you you're not really you know you were 19 yeah, I was 19 at the time, so I'm not really thinking nothing of it. You know, I'm just right. like, it's another opportunity to hoop, you know, and then right. I'm some grown man, so okay. But thinking about it now, it's like, bro, we had no business being there. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So we, wow. we did stuff like that, and um, I actually ended up getting hurt my sophomore year uh, at Flow and kind of messed up my knee a little bit. Um, and I, I went through years of struggle where my knee just would not get right. You know, I had tore some cartilage, so I just had to keep going in, getting it scoped, getting it cleaned. You know, and so then it, I got to the point I transferred to Umsel, Um, and I was just going to walk on at Umsel. Um, I knew the coach at the time, Coach Pills, Coach Chris Pills. He was over at Hazelwood Central when I was in high school. So, and he actually played with my uncle at Umsel. So I had a history with Coach Pills. So I was like, okay, this would be cool. Um, right. And I could just never, man. It was one of those things. My body wasn't right to try to play so I went years of just you know in school and just there mm. so yeah it was it was rough you know like I said I I didn't see my college journey going like that you know I definitely saw everything I saw the outcome being different but every wow. everything happens you know for a reason okay so let's kind of speed up a little bit I know I know um after college I know you um Think you worked at charter, right? You worked at charter for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I worked at a few companies, but I know I used to talk to you through Facebook, 
and you just be like, man, because I was coaching it like I think I was coaching at Soda at the time. You'd be like, man, that's cool. You get to coach, and I was like, yeah, man, you, you should do it. He was like, man, I'm trying to. I'm gonna see how to do it this job. And then I just remember all of a sudden you you just moved to to Dallas. Yeah. And, and I, but no, before before then, you started coaching with your cousin Terry Edwards. Yeah. And so you was you were doing that, and I would talk to you about that. And I know you and Terry Edwards kind of coached together. And then you moved down to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, man, I'm getting this, I'm, I'm going to get my AAU program started. So we would just talk about just basketball, just all the time. And so I know now you have your DFW Magic. That's what's yes, up. Sir. You have your own, have your own AAU sir. program, which I know you're proud <laughs> of. And you're doing an excellent job. We talk about your program every day. So we talk about basketball every day. Yes, sir. So um, I just want you to tell, I just want you to tell me what you're doing now um in the world just 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 what you're doing now in the world of basketball yeah so right now uh like you said uh running dfw magic uh it's a organization my wife and i started so you know uh you know backstory on that she's got a history of being an athlete as well um so i like the dynamic because you know a lot of people would see her as just being the coach's wife so she's just there you know but she's actually there's times where i'll sit back you know, and I'll let her have that voice and she's able to facilitate and run everything, you know, right. as if I wasn't there. So I love that dynamic, but it's an organization. It's, it's cool to have a wife, a wife that, that's sharing your passion too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause she could easily, you know, say, Hey, like it's overwhelming or. Hello? Oh, yeah, we good. Okay. Yeah. I know it's cool to have a wife that shares your passion. You know what I mean? So. That's pretty cool. And like I know women, like women are more on in my experience, they're more, they're more like, what word can I get? What word can I say? Me, I like me, I'm laid back. So mm-hmm. like whenever I notice, whenever I have a, a woman in my life, they help me stay on track more. And gotcha. they're more laser sharp. You get what I'm saying? Just from just, just from being around women, they they strategize a lot better than I feel like than we do. Yeah. So like when you got an excellent woman in your corner, it kind of helps the process. Oh, yeah. I feel like you know what I mean? Helps out a lot. So that's that's definitely. That's a blessing, man. That's that's yeah. a huge blessing. Um, next uh, next question. Um, so what's your vision for your A for the DFW Magic? What what where, where do you see you guys being in five, 10 years? What do you plan to do with it? Just just give me all overall, I guess like mission statement, vision. What do you see yeah. for you guys? So um our, our mission statement is basically uh developing the next generation of athletes. Um okay. I mean, and that's that that's really what we stand firm on, is that we know. You know, especially with these youth, that's going to be the, the, the integral piece to mm-hmm. the future. You know, so right. uh, we've got teams right now. We got as young as sixth, seventh grade. Um, okay. You know, the, the overall vision is to have all the way from grade second uh, to oh, 11. Cool. So, yeah, we want to start younger than what we ha- what we got right now. But just okay. a lot of different pieces with that. You know, it, it's a little harder to get, you know really get kids at that young of an age, especially to get them dedicated. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, I mean, the overall vision is to just really become one of the better programs in this area. Um, so Dallas-Fort Worth is a huge area. Um, and you got a lot of programs out here. And then mm-hmm. you've got, you know, it's, it's basically tiered off as it is anywhere, you know. So your top programs are going to be like your, your, your shoe sponsor program. So like your Drive Nation mm-hmm. Uh, Nike Pro Skills, uh, Houston Hoops. They actually they recruit players in this area all the time. So mm-hmm. right now we're we're in like tier three 
but the goal is to eventually get to, to tier one, um, you know, where we're, we're right up there, shoe sponsored. Uh, we're getting the best of the best players and just overall just maximizing exposure. So that's my goal. Even right now, what I do with our, uh, our 16 U team, you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm constantly trying to create ways to help them, you know, because with COVID, with the NCAA, the way they restructure all their rules, you know, who knows how the recruiting process is going to go this year. Uh, with coaches coming out and stuff like that. So my goal is on the back end to to be that that missing piece for them to help get them recruited and just lay that foundation, you know, because a lot of the guys don't even know how the process goes. You know, they got friends and they they see it through social media. They see guys, hey, picked up an offer from blah, blah, blah. But they don't actually understand what goes into that. You know, they don't understand how much work their kids putting in. Yeah. So my goal is to basically lay that foundation for them because for a lot of the kids I have, it's, it's all new to them as well. So yeah, just overall laying that foundation. Yeah. The parents are a lot of the times trying to figure it all out as well, you know, and they're, they're either reading stuff or they're hearing, you know, word of mouth from other people. And then, you know, just like the old game of telephone, the, the information can get misconstrued at some point. So my goal is to here. Here's everything, you know. And I'm gonna just lay it all out for you. And so, just from observing you and talking to you, the thing I commend you for is that what I don't see a lot in basketball is you're teaching the game because you're a skills trainer as well. So, I love the fact that you're teaching because there's mm-hmm. not a lot of teaching going on, and I think that's 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 the downfall of the game right now. To me, there's not a lot of guys teaching it. There's a lot of guys right. who are letting these kids get bad habits and they're just being a friend or a fan of the kid instead of challenging the kid. And our goal as a coach is to challenge that kid and make them better because, as Frederick Douglass says, without struggle, there is no progress. Right. So you have to you have to key into these kids to the parts of their game or even their, their lives where they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing so we can make them better. We have to challenge them. If we don't, we're not doing our part. So I commend That's you true. for teaching the game. Appreciate and, that. Um, and build, build a relationship with these kids and really caring. Because I, I see big things for you, man, just with the AAU program. I see you eventually coaching on the high school level. Next question is, what do you think uh, about the state of basketball today? You, uh, Whether it be in your region where you are now, the DFW area, or where, you, where you're from, St. Louis, or just the overall state, what you see in the landscape of basketball. Like, what, what, do you, what do you see? What do you think about basketball right now? I mean, I think for the most part, man, it's evolved just entirely um, across the country. Um, even really just across the world, you know, because you've got more overseas guys and things like that, you know, kind of trickling into the to the NBA now too. But um, right, overall, man, I just see it where guys are more athletic nowadays. Um, a lot of people are, are taking advantage of the opportunity. You know, I think right. it, it's not easy to make it. I'm not going. I don't want to say it's easy, but I feel like it's easier because you know kids are maximizing social media presence, YouTube, you know, the, the highlights and things like that, like they're maximizing all of those, all those resources and that's helping propel them to that next level. You know, so right. for me personally, I feel like it's easier to get seen by colleges where you can pick up an offer. And then right. from there, you know, once you get to college, use all those resources, which I think guys are doing, you know, you see more videos now it's, it was probably already happening. But you see right. more of it now where guys are staying late after practice or after a game and they're getting up extra shots. You know, nobody's in the gym with them. 
they just got somebody rebounding. Um, you know, so you're seeing more of that where guys are taking it more serious, you know, I would say. And they're, they're maximizing all the opportunities, you know. People knock like EYBL and, and the Adidas circuit, things like that, just the AAU platform itself. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Nike's done a good job with it, creating a whole circuit where you're they're not playing so many games. Mm-hmm. Like a traditional AAU tournament, you know, you're, they're playing, I think, maybe two games a weekend. You know, so it, it's helping them where they're playing less games and it's more of like a – it gives them more of like how a college schedule is somewhat. Right. You know, it, because it's, – it's, it's like it's more structure and they get to teach in their yeah. program. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, to go out and play four games, you know, in a weekend, five games in a weekend, like what are you actually getting out of that? Exactly. You know, you're putting stress on your body, you know, especially as a 16, 17-year-old. That's, you know, if you're playing – five games a weekend, man, that's a lot. A lot of games. Right? That's a lot. So I, I just feel like kids are, they're using the, the teachings, you know, skills trainers. They're reaching out to one another, you know. Uh-huh. I, a lot of people knock the whole buddy-buddy stuff, but these kids are, they're learning from each other as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just see the state of basketball, man, just it really more so evolving, bigger than what it is. You know, mm-hmm. where it's already a global sport, but especially right. if the NBA goes away with the whole college rule and allows guys to start going out of high school. Oh, man. Um, they need to. Yeah. I think you'll see more more guys. See, the thing with that, though, is that, you know, you'll get guys that feel that they're ready and they'll start declaring for the draft. They'll lose their college eligibility. And then from there, like, OK, what, what, are, what are going to be the what options? Do I do? Right. Yeah. See, I, I think it needs to be where you can leave after high school or stay two. I think you should be made to stay at least two years. Yeah. College. That way it gives the college game stronger teams. And you had you had that way you have your um your Duke Mucker, your blue bloods strong mm-hmm. because right now the blue bloods are struggling in the Michigan States, the Duke North Carolina, because those kids are one and done, they're not ready yet. Yeah. So, or they're, or they're not ready, or because they're just leaving after that one year, and the yeah. cupboard is bare. So, I, I, that's just my opinion. I think if you, you have to stay at least two, come out of high school, stay two. Like, what is two years gonna hurt? You know what I mean? That's true. That's how I feel. Yeah. Because I mean, you get especially two guys that are one and dines. Like I command K Cunningham. You know, he's obviously gonna be probably number one pick, but yeah. he he hasn't gone through. I've never seen him go through the motions this season. You know, he started out rocky where he was trying to get a feel for everything, but I've never seen him coast because in the back of his mind, he knows he's going to be the number one pick. So it's like Oklahoma State was, I think he used it wisely, used it as a building, you know, building blocks, learn mm-hmm. more about the game, play more under pressure against bigger guys, yeah. you know, that's going to help him at that NBA level. You know, so I, I think – over time, man, the game is, is going to be in good hands, especially with the way guys are so athletic nowadays mm-hmm. and just more skilled. You know, everybody's – yeah. yeah, me and you talked about guys having skill sets. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. guys are going to – I think we're going to see more specialists, you know, and I just think guys are going to have more defined, defined skill sets. Right. And see, my thing is that I'm cool with skill sets, but I feel like – and I mean, I think it's a reflection of society. You society now, you don't really the middle class is is lacking. There's not a lot of middle class, like and even with like the just social, so sociably with Instagram and 
TikTok, either you're a working class person or you're a celebrity. And so right. I think that translates into sports because either you're a superstar or you're just a specialist. It's no middle ground. And I think for the game to thrive, we have to get those kids who are just average basketball players and teach mm-hmm. them how to be defenders, how to how to how to how to shoot, how to create their own shot. Because you think back in the day, you had a lot of middle of the, just just average guys who did everything. You had your Mario Ellis, you had your um, Robert Horwich, you had your Sean Ellis. Well, he was an All Star, but yeah. you had a lot of guys who were middle just just regular role players who did everything. Now your role players just stand in the corner and shoot threes and maybe defend. Yeah, because I mean, my opinion is not a lot of demons going on NBA anyway into the playoffs, but because I, I watch more college basketball. Yeah, but I just, I just wish that those those middle of the road key guys just were more skilled and did more things, you know. Yeah. So that's that, that's that's just my opinion, and um, yeah. So. But, yeah, college. Um, I, I mean, co- college is definitely more of a uh, more of a learning tool. Yeah. You know, than, than NBA, and I try to. Because it's all level, so I wouldn't tell a high mm-hmm. school kid to watch NBA and try to work on their game based off of that. Yeah, and emulate right. stuff you're seeing from them. You need mm-hmm. to, you know, watch college, emulate what they're doing, right? You know, because that's your next, that's your next stop. You know, you're not yeah. skipping from high school going to the NBA. So, like again, I always talk about building blocks, and everything is like staircase. So Definitely, high school guys need to watch college, see what they're doing. Then those college guys need to watch the NBA. To you know, basically see what what they're prepared for for the next level. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, if just just from going to college practices, they're so detailed. I've never yeah. been to an NBA practice, but I can only imagine how detailed it is. Like when I'm doing a high school practice, I just write down what I want to do. I don't. Sometimes I may have a time limit on it, but I, most time I don't. I just write it down and I focus on those things. But if you go to yeah. a college practice, they give you the play. They give you the practice sheet with the outline. Mm-hmm. It has time on it, and it's their stand to that. They had a clock going, so the clock goes off when that's over, right. and, and on to the next drill. It's just so detailed, like detail oriented. So uh, you just see that. But I, but I, th- I think basketball is in a good state. I think it's getting better. Uh, I, I, I hope that high school gets a shot clock soon. Like, I hope that's a, a national. Yeah. Game. I think that would help the game out a whole lot. I think that would help high school basketball be more organized and. I think it'll help coaches step their game up because a lot of coaches just roll the ball out there. Like, but if you have 37 seconds on the shot clock, mm-hmm. you got to have an offense that's going to do something. You got to have something set up. You got to be an X's and O's guy. It's going to make high school coaches step their game up tremendously. Right. So I'm hoping, I know the EYBL has a shot clock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of those, all those big shoe brands, they use shot clocks. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think high school needs one. Um, I think it won't. It does happen to be the next 15, I think 10, 15 years. But I, I, I'm hoping that they get one. I think that will help the game out a whole lot. For sure. So question for you. Um, okay. Question for, question for you. Do you feel that from a player standpoint, do you feel that okay. practice is more important than like a skill session? You know, because a lot of people think, and I deal with it too at, at this dealing with like the grassroots end of it, you know, I emphasize like skills training. Like there's not going to be, you're not going to really get better in practice. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, you know, and they're trying to knock like skills trainers when that's when you're actually going to get better is working with that skills training because in practice, 
that's the coach. Hey, we might do a, a few skill development things, but that's more so bringing the whole like 10, group 15 together. Minutes of them. Yeah. yeah. That's more so bringing the whole group together. Um, and we're, we're putting together our plan. I I heard um, the old coach at North at um, UConn on the men's side. What's his name? Um, old coach at UConn and won national championships. Um, he said um, players are made in the summertime. Teams are made in the winter. So I feel like you need a, a good dose of both. But I feel yeah. like practice is more so for team concepts. We're going to team defense, team offense. Right. I feel like you get your shots up after practice or you have your skill training. That's, that's going to help you individually. But the better you are individually, the more you can bring to the team yep. on a team level. But I, I think this needs to happen, though. I think kids need to have a one-on-one conversation with their coach and ask that coach, hey, what do I need to work on? So I can get playing time because a lot of kids get they do all this skill training, but it's not it's not doesn't work together with what they're going to be doing on their team. You right. may be doing step backs and working from the wing, jab, but you're only a spot up shooter from the corner. So you need to be working on spotting up shooting with your skill training. I think skill trainers and, and, and high school coaches need to work more hand in hand together so they can find out what their kid needs to get better so he can get playing time. For sure, you don't need to do everything. You need to do what you're specialized in. You can have some stuff in your bag. You were going to, you know, but you need to work on what's going to get you better on the court for that coach. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yep. So. No, that's that. That's in line with what I was thinking. Um, like I mm-hmm. said, just I know some people struggle with finding the need to really have a skill trainer. Right. Um, you know, because I used to be anti-skill trainers as well, and then I became one. And right. you know, you you view things differently, but as long as the trainer themselves is implementing the right things. I don't see a problem with it. You know, it's when right. you got the coaches, the skill trainers that are out with the gimmicks and just doing yeah. some of the, the the stuff that don't matter. Right. That's not real. That's not real yeah. basketball. But I, but I, what I've noticed that a lot of those kind of skill training, once it gets to the high school level, that kid, they don't even associate with them anymore. So it's just, they're just there for a certain time in that person's life. Like they're there from like kindergarten, to like maybe seven, eight grade, and then it's like they just go to the wayside because that kid yeah. and their parents sees we need something better. Yeah. That. So they're making that quick money grab, which you know, no, no knock to them, get the money. Yeah. And then they're, they're gone for high school because you know, especially with the look kids, they they like all the glitz and the glamour, but real like real recognizes real. So after a while, you know, it's jig is up. True. <laughs> right. Like, right. Right. You know what I mean, it's jig is up. You know what I mean? <laughs> But I don't knock anybody, man. If that's your business. You gonna do it. Get your money. But um, yeah. I'm just, I just, I just feel like, and I feel this way about you. Like I'm a caretaker of the game. Like my my whole goal is to leave it in a better place than it was when I found it. Yeah. So I'm just all about the game, and I'm all about the kids. So if it's not about that, then I'm not with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so. That's solid. That's solid. 